Hi guys, my name's Kia. For those of you just joining us in this episode, a quick introduction to myself. I'm an F1 doctor and a UCL grad, and this podcast is here to help you prepare for life as an F1. Hi, Arva. How are you doing? I'm okay. Hi, Gear. You're right. Let's pretend this is a separate recording. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Sure. So I've just spoken to Arva about a case where she had to break bad news. You can go and check that out in the previous episode if you want. Here in part two, we're discussing an encounter with an angry relative, and then Arva will go into what to do when you're running late and finish off with her final words of advice. So. That's a, a really good point to read the notes. And I think personally, I had an encounter when I was on surgery, which I count as my first rotation on a, on a ward because I started on psychiatry, as you all know. And <laughs> I was in, intercepted just after the ward round uh, by a angry looking relative who demanded they speak to a doctor. And I was sort of caught off guard and I, I couldn't find a way to worm myself out of it so I was like yeah okay let's find a side room and I'll have a discussion about this patient who I knew about um I I was on the job for about a week so I knew a bit about them and he was asking questions that (laughs) seemed quite of a medical legal perspective you know almost trying to trap me and asking things like is she ever gonna have a reversal of her stoma is she ever gonna be able to uh, live independently again um is she ever going to be able to eat normally again? And this was a, a complex patient who had a, quite a severe operation um, where they had to resect a huge part of their bowel. And I was almost about to fall into a trap by saying, I think they might be able to reverse it, or I think this X, Y, Z. Um, and the, the relatives <laughs> made a, a final statement after his question and said, just think carefully before you speak, because I'm going to be documenting all of this. And I was like, whoa, okay, I need to take a step back from this. I have no idea really about what the complications were during the procedure and uh, Mm -hmm. the ins and outs of this and what the management plan is going forward. So you just have to say, look, I don't think I'm the most appropriate person for this discussion at the moment and I can't give you that answer. Um, And go back, read the notes and inform the seniors that this patient wants to know these things. Sorry, the relative wants to know these things. Um, Because you can get into a real pickle if the patient does ask you a question or the relative asks you a question that um, you either have no idea about or are, you have a vague idea about and are selling it as fact. So acclimatizing yourself with that patient's history and with the notes is really useful um, beforehand. Yeah, and I think the important point there as well is don't feel that you have to say things. Yeah. Um, you, If you don't know, it's okay to say, I don't know. Exactly. Um, and- there's always a solution, um, but the solution doesn't have to be you providing um medical information of which you're not sure or um you know never make things up um certainly and me me being a very new doctor it was a a typical thing of you felt like you had to say yes at the time when you have to to give an answer not even the answer but just even him wanting to have a discussion with me whereas now having having experience and i'm sure most of us 
if a family member comes up demanding to speak to us, most of us would say something along the lines of, oh, I'll be able to have a discussion with you later, but at the moment I need to do this or X, Y, Z or something like that. Um, but just being new onto the wards and not having that experience and not having that confidence, um, I felt like I had to speak to him there and then. But you don't. Your time is yours. And if you need preparation before a, a meeting, then um, you're, you're entitled to that. So just be confident with, with those situations as well. But that comes with experience. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, yeah I guess the other point there is having the necessary people present yeah um yeah so if it's a kind of a complex discussion about um for example in surgery um about surgery um then you want to have a specialist um we're not specialists as f1s far from it um so the appropriate people should be present for discussions <laughs> Now we're going to discuss a professionalism scenario where either you had a difficult encounter at work or with something with a colleague and yeah, the table is yours. Oh, thanks. So I was going to talk about perhaps slightly less serious, but something that's hap happened to me a couple of times, which is running late. Okay. Um, I think um, I just thought I'd, it's probably quite obvious. Um, but I thought it's something I'd mentioned because it, it had happened to me a couple of times. No, definitely. And, I, think, I think it's definitely mm -hmm. something I learned from as well because it's inevitable that you're going to be late at some point. So even though it sounds obvious, it's definitely a scenario that's good to discuss. Yeah. Ideally, you try to avoid it as much as possible, but there will be the odd occasion where it can't be helped and you will um, be late. Yeah. And the best thing to do, I think, so I... You, I had a couple of instances of being late during my surgical rotation and I got very anxious about it mm. um, because I felt that it would be really obstructive to my team that day that I was going to be late, mm. even if it was just five or ten minutes um, and felt really bad and fretted about it. But actually, I found that the second time it happened, um, I could um, like do a couple of things that made it the least obstructive possible. And I think it minimised any delays um, or kind of inefficiency. Yeah. So the main, the main things that I did were, A, recognise that you're going to be late early on. So it can be easy when you're running late to, to kind of adopt a sense of denial and think that you are going to magically <laughs> yeah. make it in Absolutely. Um, on time. But I think accept early on that you're probably going to be late. Mm. Um, because then you can actually act on it b uh inform your team that you're going to be late and that can be horrible and embarrassing but just do it um most groups will have a whatsapp message so just say sorry everyone no excuses but i'm going to be late today um give them an estimate of when you're going to be in probably not too late um in most circumstances but five to ten minutes um and then c um just what you're gonna do to make sure that delays are minimized as much as possible so but i have asked fellow f1 b to um print the list and to carry my bleep and they will hand that over to me when i get in um so whatever it is that needs to be done will be done um by your helpful colleague who you will later repay <laughs> so it's quite simple yeah but i think if you do those things, then you kind of feel a bit more relaxed about everything when you realise it's not the end of the world and you're probably not going to do it again, at least not for a really long time. Yeah. Um, and you can kind of relax a little bit and not arrive at work in a complete bluster. Yeah. And definitely, um, uh, I think 
don't try don't try and avoid it is the key thing that I would take from that as well don't try mm. and put it off and then text them last minute the sooner you text the better yeah and no one's going to hate you for it if, if it doesn't occur over and over again and if it is happening repeatedly then someone will pick up on it and even if they don't say something it just it's not a nice thing to be doing to the rest of your team so just try and recognize what's causing you to be late if it is a persistent thing before anyone yeah. else before anyone else recognizes it yeah lack of punctuality is a problem because then you're consistently cre- creating a problem. increased work burden for your colleagues yeah, right yeah. so out of respect for your colleagues for their time you need to be on time but the one um, or even early yeah but one off it does happen exactly it, it happens to everyone doesn't it exactly. um regardless of rank um and it happens it happens to everyone so i think just be honest about it acknowledge it and put in place a contingency plan uh and then ideally don't let it happen again yeah or at least not for not for a good long while <laughs> good great thanks um... So thank you, Ava. Um, just to conclude, do you have any tips or advice uh, generally about F1 for the incoming doctors? I think um, my biggest um, lesson of F1 so far is the responsibility that comes with becoming a doctor. Mm. Um, although as a medical student, you do have um, a measure of responsibility um, especially when you're making a contribution to patient care, um, for example, by doing a procedure such as a blood test, um, you don't have the same level of responsibility or expectation um, as doctors have. Um, and that's, that can be a big transition um, when you step into the doctor role for the first time. Mm. Um, I think my main advice there is to expect it um, as much as you can. And then it can be difficult, but to learn to take on that responsibility with a sense of pride yeah. and to enjoy it if you can. Yeah. Um, which has been, I, that's something I found really difficult. I found the responsibility really crushing and pressurizing initially. Mm. I totally wasn't expecting how different it would feel um, to realize that, wow, I actually have not just the power to prescribe, but the power to completely alter um, the course of this patient's care, um, depending on the quality of care I'm able to provide them with. I found that quite difficult initially. Definitely. It's it's a very new feeling, just having that sort of weight on your shoulders. It is, isn't it? Coming in, especially on day one and week one, and be like, oh my God, something I could do could either impact this person's outcome either either positively or negatively mainly negatively yeah. being the worry um yeah but you very soon either you don't you sort of embrace the fact that you can um impact someone's outcome and then acknowledge the fact that someone else will be there to help you if you think you're going to impact it negatively yes, <laughs> yes. so you remember Absolutely. that it isn't you doing everything not everything's on your shoulders and exactly members of the team that are there to protect you from doing things wrong mm-hmm. uh, not to encourage you to do things wrong and you should always second guess and always be worrying about the negative impacts because that's a protective mechanism in itself but just be worried yeah. that it isn't all on you like you're not the one that's going to um, drastically change the outcome of this patient um, although you can improve the care and improve the communication and improve the outcomes 
it's not always going to be your burden to bear. It, it should never be your burden to bear alone. Yeah. It should, it, yeah. exactly. So you ask for help always. Um, and actually the beauty of hospital medicine, which will be the majority of your uh, F1 jobs, mm. is the team, team working, collaborative nature of it. Mm. So not even asking for help when you don't know, but asking for help when you do know and making decisions together. Yeah. And obviously you'll have a whole host of seniors from your SHO to your registrar to, cons- to your consultant who will be leading decision-making. Mm-hmm. Um, although as an F1, you can at least try to participate in the decision-making and often you will. Um, well, I suppose it depends on what kind of hospital you're at actually. Mm. But I'll leave that to you to discover. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think try to, it will take time, but try to find a sense of enjoyment if you can in having that role of responsibility um and it will probably start to come when you feel that you've done a good job yeah um so the first time you feel that you've actually had a positive impact a significant positive impact on somebody yeah um treasure that feeling and take it with you because otherwise i think this job can can get you down um with the weight of it on your shoulders as Kia was saying yeah. um but treasure those good times um and they will it sounds really cheesy but they'll, they'll inspire you um when you're having a more challenging time later on definitely great all right thank you arva for giving us your time i know you're very busy at work these days on the covid wards so we really appreciate it and i hope everyone's learned something from this thank you so much for having me here it was really nice to chat with you um i'm right. sorry if it got a bit cheesy at the end talking about um inspiration but not at all <laughs> it's a I, meaningful job what could i say <laughs> i find it really funny when when you guys thank me for coming on the show because it feels like i'm a, a radio host producer or something which you are we a host know, we I'm all so... know <laughs> <laughs> all no, right. I, I love it i thank i you. dream of radio okay <laughs> <laughs> yes all right bye. see you later thank bye. you bye